Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Welcome in on a Monday morning after a wild weekend. Man, a lot of stuff went down this weekend. A lot of college football, a lot of pro football, obviously NBA free agency. Not sure where to start. Controversy with BYU and Washington. Um, The Jazz checking off a list of players that doesn't include Rudy Gobert. Not yet. And kind of see them doing things in a certain order, though. Maybe it's soon. Um, where should we start? Where should we start? Let's start with controversy. Let's start with college football. Uh, no controversy with BYU and North Alabama. They worked them. They scored. They had the ball six times in the first half. They scored six touchdowns. Yeah. Next. Good question. Who is next? Washington this weekend. Uh, Tom Homo's scheduling game on the 5th, which was actually the weekend they seem to be targeting more than this weekend. And then they got San Diego State on the 12th. Um, I think underplayed in all of this, <coughs> excuse me, is that San Diego State is supposed to play Fresno and can't because Fresno has uh, not had enough players two weeks in a row. They didn't play San Jose this past weekend and they're not going to play San Diego State on Friday. So what about moving the BYU-San Diego State game up while well, you know both teams are healthy? Why not? Uh, Maybe that opens up something on the 12th. Now, maybe they want another bye week and they really think they're close to getting something on the 5th. And then all of a sudden, uh, Washington, Washington State's canceled. Well, not really all of a sudden. Washington State lost a game last week. So you kind of knew they could be out this week. What seems to be happening is teams that are having issues with, um, with guys testing positive, those guys are going to be out for two weeks. So as soon as he tests positive, that's going to impact two games. Now, how many guys do you have? Uh, is it a position group getting wiped out? If they've got to go through a, kind of a protocol, protocol quarantine because they've exposed to the contact tracing thing because they've been exposed, um, those kids can miss one week. They can miss two. Um, but we're seeing a lot of schools miss back-to-back weeks uh, because they have a lot of positive tests. And that could be the boat that Arizona State is in here. Now, the ASU game scheduled for Saturday could move to Sunday. Maybe there's a chance that an extra day would um, would free up and get some guys back, depending on what day um, you know they're exposed and what day they tested positive and all that. So that's out there. But wa- the Pac-12 sent out a thing that Washington and Washington State are canceled. And so then pretty quickly a story came out, well, Washington's offered to play BYU, but BYU's refused. So this is the, this is the problem with nobody going on the record and nobody showing their face and putting their name on the quotes. <laughs> and, you know, was it... Um, Honestly, it's one of the problems without follow-up questions to clarify stuff and Zoom interviews. And I don't think this was a Zoom interview. Um, but, you know, you get, you get pieces of information. And, you know, there's a lot of possibilities out there. And, you know, does somebody have jealousy? Does somebody have an agenda? Does somebody have whatever? And so they don't spill the whole story. But somebody wants to scoop, so they run with it. So uh, BYU's offered and Washington's ducking them. Now, I'll bet it in Washington. It would not surprise me. If after blowing out BYU this last year, they looked at BYU this year at 8-0, ranked 8th, and thought, we could take those guys down, and we're, among others, receiving votes, but boom, we'd go flying right up there. And when we beat Oregon, then we'll really go flying right up there in the polls. Um, you can see how they're thinking, you know, BYU's ducking them. Okay, so now there's all kinds of allegations slash details coming out that, you know, maybe there's more to the story. Um, 
the Pac-12, and we know this. This is a fact because the Pac-12 put their name on it with a release. We know the Pac-12 says, hey, you got to test the way we test. So suddenly you're paying for more tests. Tom Homo just did a thing that aired on the game at least twice. Maybe it aired more than that, but I, I saw it twice where he talked about the $20 million in debt. And, uh, you know, one of the things is the testing has become a significant expense pretty quickly. So all of a sudden they're going to test them. And here's another thing we know for sure. And a story where we don't know some things for sure. One thing we know for sure, Pac-12 has said conference games and conference opponents take a priority. So if BYU and Washington cut a deal now, Washington could say, never mind, thanks, boo-bye to BYU, and pick up another team, say Utah, if Arizona State can't play. So do you want to spend all the money on extra tests, um, practice all week, right through Thanksgiving, uh, for a game you're not even going to play? Yeah. Why don't you lock in, but we won't we won't be locked in and uh, you spend extra money. And and apparently there was at least one story I saw out there that BYU is not getting any guarantee. Now, BYU's got a big financial shortfall. I don't think they expect half the money, but I'll bet they expect some of it. And uh, we know Pac-12 football games worth five million dollars. Mark Harlan told us that on our show. So. Life's a negotiation, and we don't even know that this negotiation is going to lead anywhere. I think it's gone public and gotten too ugly. I, w- I would be stunned if they played this game. And I think it could all be trumped on Thursday. Arizona could stay, could say, hey, we're not going. And Utah's got to go play Washington Saturday or probably more likely Sunday. But however it shook out. Um, crazy. Chaotic. Probably unnecessarily so. But there you go. Um, as far as the Utah on the field... Uh, they start a lot of freshmen. Now, were those really their first string linemen? Um, who are their, you know, their five favorites? We don't get to see the practice and the scrimmages. Uh, Kyle put out a depth chart that had Orr on there, so we can take guesses, but I don't think he wanted to start at three freshmen. So the O-line wasn't good enough. No, that's a fact. Now, that might not really be the first string O-line, so that would make you fans feel better down the road. Um, it's too bad they lost a quarterback. Um, that's, you know, no no definitive timeline, but it's a pretty short season here. You know, you've only got three more games. Four, I guess, they'll play a seventh game, uh, theoretically. So, uh, any kind of a shoulder injury, that could pretty much do it, which seemed to be how Kyle was leaning in the post game. You'll hear him say it here coming up in just a few minutes. Um, I thought the defense, though, was pretty good. They battled. They got put in some bad spots in field position. They did give up some big plays, but in the second half, they were always able to hold USC to a field goal, but the offense just had nothing going. Just didn't have enough going. So a lot of stuff to work on and uh, clean up there. Uh, NFL, a lot of Utes and Cougars making big plays. Probably the biggest story is Taysom Hill gets his first start. Uh, He won. Now, the Saints defense was great and only gave up nine points. So um, that was a low bar, right? He did not throw a touchdown pass. He did run for two. I know that doesn't surprise you. Um, But he was efficient and accurate. Now, mostly he threw short. And when he did throw deep, he had a receiver come back for the ball and bail him out um, and make the catch for a big game. Um, but he didn't turn it over. He had one potential turnover that got dropped. He did fumble, actually, so he did turn it over, but he didn't throw an interception. Um, you know, I, I hate the game manager thing, but hey, 18 of 23 for 233 yards, that's not exactly a Hall of Fame numbers, but on the other hand, it's pretty efficient. You know, and he finishes off with a couple runs. Uh, I thought uh, of the five incompletions he threw, one was just a flat-out drop to his best receiver that killed a drive and they missed a field goal. They had some red zone issues. So 
peculiar play call, I thought, killing a drive on third and one on the opening drive by throwing the ball. I thought they should run for it and get it, but whatever. They got the win. He looked good. Um, you know, the thing is, once you play five or ten games in the NFL, they got tape on you, it gets a lot harder. So this is a good sample size. Um, assuming he played, we certainly played well enough to earn the start next week. I know there was a debate about whether it should be he or Jameis Winston. Um, but it, you would think he's... He, Played well enough to earn another start. Uh, some of the other guys, Jamal Williams scored, although the Packers lost. The Packers lost because of Ute. You made a great play. Julian Blackman, in overtime, splitting a double team and forcing a fumble. You don't see that very often. I think the most famous one is uh, Lawrence Taylor forcing a fumble in an NFC title game by splitting a double team and knocking the ball out. And the Giants went down and kicked a field goal and beat the Niners who went on to win the Super Bowl. So... You know, that, that was an excellent, excellent play by Julian Blackman. Um, Sione Takitaki scored for the Browns with the interception. He ran it back. They won. They beat Philly. They're 7-3 and three for the first time since 94. They're actually 8-2 that year. Uh, Cleveland, seriously, in the playoff race, right in the thick of it at 7-3. and three. Eight teams for seven spots in the AFC. Um, anyway, we'll get to more of the uh, the weekend, and we got to get to all the free agency stuff with Donovan Mitchell getting the max, and Favors is coming back, and uh, Clarkson is staying. And I did talk to people probably like four or five hours before the Clarkson news uh, went public, and man, there was there was definitely some stress. They were pretty sure he was going to do it, and and maybe Dennis. Uh, you know, maybe at the highest levels, maybe Dennis and Jay-Z, you know, Justin Zanuck, maybe they knew. Maybe they were 100% sure. But some of the other people I talked to, they're like, I'm 85% sure he's doing it, but uh, I don't know. I heard they, um, but they gave him a lot of money and they did a first-class presentation for him and all that and let him know he's important and he signed. So that's good because he was a big addition, huge addition to the bench. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works with favors now. Um, He'll be surrounded by better offensive players when he's out there with Gobert. Maybe that will help. Um, Certainly it's going to help at the defensive end of the floor, just having him and Gobert out there. But offensively, maybe it'll help to have three really strong offensive players out there when those two are together for the 15 to 20 minutes a game that they'll, they'll be out there together on the floor, we assume. All right, got to take a break. DJ and PK coming up. Hear from the Utes and the Cougars after their games. We'll hear from the Cougars next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone, BYU 9-0. Getting ready to play San Diego State. Maybe somebody in the meantime. I sense that's going to take up a lot of our show this morning. In any case, um, we'll let you hear from the Cougars after their win. The blowout North Alabama. Uh, Tyler Algier, who's been coming on and uh, running the ball well for them. Let you listen to his postgame thoughts right here. Tyler, I just saw you look down. I don't know if you looked at your numbers, but you go 13 carries for 141 yards and two touchdowns and just a half of work. What's it like to have a game like that where – you're averaging over 10 yards a carry. You get in the end zone a couple of times and just pretty much do almost whatever you wanted out there. You know, it's always a great feeling, but all that credit goes to the big guys, man, and the receivers. So that was honestly, all their success goes to, you know, all my success goes 
goes to the line and all the that was just an offensive offensive game right there. So I'll just say I'll, I'll, I'll just say that. You guys today passed Clemson as the number one team in the country that has, with the amount of plays that go 10 plus yards, um, a bunch of them today, obviously. What is so special about this offense that it just allows for a lot of big plays, whether it's on the pass or in the run game? You know, honestly, it's just the work that we put in and just us trusting each other. I think trust is the, is the big one that really makes us click. And honestly, I think that's just the big success and just having our minds right, just being prepared to do whatever it takes to get an Anza. Looking at how you've progressed this season, you had the career high running yards against Navy and you eclipsed that today, but you've been able to maintain consistency from game to game. For you, what's kind of been key to maintaining that consistency and being able to be a dependable runner for the Cougars? Uh, honestly, it's just, uh, I would say just having my mind right just weekly and then just forget trying to just forgetting about the success I did today and just getting my mind right for the next game, for next game coming up. So it's honestly just and then learning from the film from today or whatever games, the past games, and then just implementing them into the game that week. I think just really really just inspired me and then just to be, just to be better and just to stay consistent. Have you gotten some personal satisfaction from seeing yourself progress from week to week like you have? Mm, uh, it's all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's good, but honestly, I can't do 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 what I can without, without the big guys. So that's all, that's all credit to them. Hi, we've we've talked to you about your game and kind of the season that you've had a lot this year. So I want you to talk about two of your teammates, specifically the two of the new guys in that backfield with you, Kavika and then Miles today. Kind of break down their game and what did you think of of what you saw? Um, each of them two touchdowns apiece and that kind of thing. Can you break them down for us? You know, both of them, both of them are are trusted, are trusted to be on the field. That's why you saw them out there. You know, it's just. They put in all the work and just just learning down the plays and then just implementing them into into the game. They worked hard. They worked their butts off actually just just in practice and just doing what they did. I'm, I was heck of proud of them. Just doing what they were coached to do and then just giving that little spice and just showing what they can do. So it was good seeing them out there. Tyler, this was a game coming in against a winless opponent where distraction or maybe lack of focus was a little bit of a concern coming off the bye week and, you know, playing a team, an FCS foe. How, how pleased were you with how the team was able to maintain the focus and play at a high level? Honestly, it's just what – honestly, it was just as expected from us because we just had to have our minds right. Like, whatever team we play – Whatever team we play, whoever it is, we just got to do our thing and practice and then just freaking just ball out during the game. There's Tyler Algier now. Here's the head coach, Kalani Sataki. Glad we got the win. <clears throat> you know, we uh, had a lot of guys uh, get in the game and play some uh, some reps, so we, we felt like we got some good experience for uh, a lot of our guys on the team. So, uh, obviously, we had some mistakes. I uh, thought we were able to correct the play clean cleaner in the second half. And... Um, I appreciate all the effort that our guys showed and the excitement and the level of competition that they had. They're just they're ready to play and had fun doing it. So uh, thank you to North Alabama for taking the game and sticking with the schedule and, and uh, being here, you know, and um, it, was, it was fun to be on the field with them and um, you know, wish them the best of luck and, and 
what they're doing in 2021. I, I believe this is their last game. So just thankful that they're able to be here and play here in Provo. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to improving from this game and getting better as we are every week. And uh, just happy we got the win. Looking forward to getting better, though. Hi, Coach. Um, Alex Fehar with the Salt Lake Tribune. You guys came in um, tied with Clemson um, at plays that went at least 10 yards or more. Um, today, you guys were able to surpass them. What is it about your offense that you kind of try to get some of those big plays? Is it just the personnel or is it kind of scheme that you really like to get those? Um, you really like to get your offense in just performing in that way. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, give a lot of credit to our offensive coaches. And I think, I think we're, first of all, I think we're playing good team football, um, complimentary football. And and, and uh, with the mindset of what our team, our coaches, and, and our, our philosophy is as a program, you know, we're utilizing the skill that we have and, and, and the strengths and and trying to make plays and trying to put as many points on the board as we can. And uh, in order to do that, uh, you give a lot of credit to our coaches, our assistant coaches and coordinators for making that happen and developing a scheme that Zach would feel really comfortable with and then complement it with everything that we have with the receivers, tight ends, uh, uh, and with the running back. So I, I think looking at that and seeing our run game, uh, you couldn't accomplish any of that without an O-line and a, a deep O-line. And then the same thing carries over on the defensive side, being able to play, uh, you know, solid starting up in the trenches with the D-line and then, uh, going from there. So they give a lot of credit to, to Elisa Tuyaki, who's our DC, and Jeff Grimes, who's our OC, and Ed Lamb, as our special teams coordinator. Those guys have done an amazing job uh, communicating with the players and utilizing the skill that they have, the strengths that we have to try to play good complementary football and, and get points on the board. Yeah, Kalani, I know your defense was pretty vanilla. You shuffled in a lot of guys, but uh, not being able to force three and outs until basically late in the game. Um, and you did have some turnovers, but just overall, what was your assessment of the defense today? Yeah, we can improve on a lot of things, you know, and, and we got a lot of bodies in there. We got a lot of reps. Um, I think getting off the field would be really important. I thought we gave up too many first downs, you know, but um, the effort was there. We created some turnovers, and, um, you know, I think that uh, looking at it, we, we have to be better against the pass, but um, when you can stop the run, make teams um, more, uh, you know, having to play one side, not being balanced and disrupting them, I think you're going to be okay. So overall, just happy with the performance. I mean, obviously you want to keep – keep. they had some big plays and, and we're able to get uh, two scores, two touchdowns on the scoreboard. And we're always going to look at it and try to improve it. But I, I was really pleased with some of the things I saw from uh, our players, specifically the young guys. And so – uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep building on that. There's always room for improvement. We, we we know there's some on the defensive side, but overall, if we can hold teams to 14 points, we should be pretty good. Kalani, you've talked before about how you enjoy watching the game and being on the sideline. When you see Zach make that sidearm throw or avoid that sack in the in the end zone and, and run for 30 yards, how much fun is that for you as a football observer to see a kid making those types of plays? Yeah, I mean, I, from from every position, I enjoy seeing those guys when it goes well. You know what I mean? And but uh, I've I've seen him do that a lot in practice. But I, I was always just really pleased with what Zach's doing as a quarterback of our team. And then you see uh, the coaching that he's getting from from Aaron Roderick, from A Rod, and and then you see the carryover that it has, the effect that it has, and, and some of the things that Baylor's doing when he gets on the field. And, 
Soldier and Conover and all those guys. So uh, a lot of compliments to, to our our compliments to our, our assistant coach and, and, and our, our quarterbacks coach and their A-Rod, you know, and, and being able to collaborate with the players of the quarterback position and work with, with Grimes. I, I mean, Zach's starting to feel really comfortable out there and, and but he's he made those those, those throws. It's been, he's been doing that since he got here. He's just he's got a high level of, uh, of IQ in football, and especially at the quarterback position, he started to feel really comfortable with this uh, with his role. And, and you see a lot of those guys get comfortable with, with the experience that they've had the last couple of years. Even Baylor getting in there and having feeling comfortable in the offense. And so there's some guys that are still brand new on offense, defense, and special teams that we're trying to get past that uncomfortable, the uncomfortable moment and allow them to play fast. And so uh, we saw a little bit of that this game, but it's okay. I, I mentioned before that we're going to sacrifice some stats in order to get our guys to, to get some valuable experience, which will add to our depth. Kalani, I wanted to ask you, you said at halftime that you didn't expect to see Zach come back out. Was your hope to play Baylor, Soljay, and Conover? How are you kind of divvying out the reps in the second half quarterback-wise? Yeah, I mean, we wanted to see how – to get as many rests as we can with all those guys. But it's it's one of those things where uh, I think, you know, we didn't have a lot of plays on offense. I'm looking at it, we had 59 plays on offense. And so uh, I think they, they – they, you know, looking at North Alabama, they possessed the ball. We're kind of slowing the game down a little bit. They did that with everyone that they played. Uh, so when you're watching them against um, Liberty and against Jacksonville State, and then you see them against uh, uh, Southern Miss – they kind of just took their time, slowed the game down a little bit, and that's why um, Liberty scored 28 points, Jacksonville State scored 24, and, and Southern Miss scored 24. And so we knew that we would have to take advantage of the plays that we had. And uh, when you have 59 um, plays and 66 points, that's pretty good. That's good efficiency for our offense. And uh, defensively, we I thought we did some really good things, specifically up front, stopping the run and, and – uh, you know, they, they got some some pass plays. And credit to them, they did some really good things in the past game, and it's just something for us to keep learning from. So, Kalani, you guys are the only team in the country right now that's 9-0 at the moment. Uh, where do you guys expect to be in those first playoff rankings coming up on Tuesday? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how that, how that works. On Tuesday, all I care about is that we're going to have uh, an opportunity to get better as a team. So that's that's all my focus on. Sorry, you want to ask another question since that was like, I just went through it real quick. <laughs> How about uh, you mentioned earlier th- some of the young guys that uh, maybe caught your eye. Who, who were some of those individuals that you thought uh, showed well in their opportunity to get some snaps in? Well, I think um, Malik Moore stands out. He, he made some plays and probably should have had a, another pick, but um, he got you know pushed out of his hands. But I, I think he did some good things. We saw some D linemen get in there and play again. I, it's hard for me to, to name guys unless I just I think Malik made a nice pick. But, you know, um, you saw uh, Kavika played some running back, you know, and, and we're still working with Sione. I thought Miles did a great job of coming in and running the ball. And, um, you know, we're looking to get a first down and in that one, and he just popped it into the end zone. So, um, but really, really pleased with a lot of the things our guys are doing. Uh, uh, overall, and so, so those are the ones that stand out the most to me. Coach Isaac Rex had some big shoes to fill in Matt Bushman um, this year, but he has been very consistent um, and consistently dominant week in and week out. What can you say about his progression as a player and his development, um, especially considering the fact that he has a few more years in the Cougar uniform? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of at the point now where we know he's a legit guy. But we've been saying that for a while. We, uh, I think we've been saying that we felt really good with this with the skill and Dax and 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 Neil and and Gunner. You know, we we knew we were going to be good. It's just a matter of getting out there, and letting them make plays, and um, that's, that's a, a lot of confidence that that our quarterback has on the fourth down to throw it up for grabs to our tight end. And uh, Isaac's got great ball skills, and he's really big. And so. I uh, like what I've seen from our, our tight end group, like what I've seen from our receiver group and our, our old line. And uh, we, we took a step forward today as a team, getting uh, getting depth and getting valuable experience. Hey, Coach. Um, I just wanted to talk about kind of looking ahead. And you've obviously had two-week breaks already this season, but this one's kind of unique. Uh, what does this week and maybe even the week after of prep look like uh, as you prepare for San Diego State, but with also the potential of maybe Tom scheduling another game this week mm. or next week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, there's there's a lot of um, talk from a lot of different people about our, our schedule and everything. I just want to remind everyone that uh, we're the only ones that were committed to playing football in the West in August. So if you're going to assume anything, you should probably assume that we want to get games, you know, and Tom's not a hard guy to get a hold of. So, I remember when we were our schedule was still rolling, and that's why I'm thankful to North Alabama to sticking to the schedule and, and coming out here and playing us. Um, There's a time where we, our schedule was looking really, really uh, difficult to look at. We, we didn't know what was going on. There's a lot of things in the air, and Tom worked really hard uh, with our administration and the leadership and, and got a schedule together. And and then so when teams started deciding conferences decided they wanted to play again, it wasn't really hard for the Mountain West teams and Boise and San Diego State to add us. It, it happened really quickly. So uh, our schedule has been set for our, for a while. We've been committed to playing football, and so I just want to remind everyone that that we have been that way from the very beginning. We didn't we didn't when things were looking pretty pretty bleak for a lot of teams to play. We stuck within our our our, our leadership and the administration. Everybody stuck with it. So uh, you know if, if that does happen, then then get get a hold of them because we want to play games as many as possible. I've been really pleased with the way our team. Handled after after you know we've learned a lot from about COVID and about the pandemic and and trying to find ways to, to stay as safe as possible and and uh, just like everybody else we've been dealing with um, with our depths and dealing with guys that are that are tested positive and coaches staff and players and and um, you know we we just like everybody else and so but my main point is just reminding everyone that we were in this from the very beginning. And so if there's a way that we can get more games, then great. But you should probably assume that we want to play more football because that's that's what we committed to doing from the very beginning when nobody else was doing it. There's BYU head coach Kalani Sataki. All right, Cougars 9-0 and now and ranked eighth in the country. Didn't move in the polls. Picked up like three more votes. Um, almost moved up a spot because Cincinnati almost lost, but they pulled it out. Uh, had a tough time with UCF, but they ended up getting the win. So uh, they hold it seven. And... BYU is eight, and Oregon is nine. Now, the the, um, the uh, College Football Playoff Committee, the Selection Committee, comes out with their rankings Tuesday night. It'll be interesting to see, but Cincinnati and Oregon, and most of the mock predictions, those are their potential bowl opponents. Um, they play Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl, or that Oregon wins the Pac-12, doesn't make the playoff, and they go play Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl. Those are two pretty common themes. Oregon's nine right now, and Cincinnati's seven in the media poll. We'll see what the selection committee does. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Kyle Whittingham and the U players, including Jake Bentley, who wasn't the starting quarterback, but now apparently is. So stay with us for that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to hear from the Utes. They lose to USC, 33-17. Five turnovers, way too many. Um, Ran the ball well at times, uh, especially when they ran to the edges. Um, But they also started three freshman linemen, which probably wasn't the original plan. That might represent some COVID adjustments there. Um, We'll hear from the players after the game. Let's start with Nephi Sewell right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Nephi, you were all over the place tonight, it seemed. Uh, can you walk us through that uh, scoop and score? Uh, Coach Kelly gave a boundary pressure, and uh, I came through the B-gap. And I don't know who got there, but uh, I seen the ball pop out. And that's when I got off my block and saw the ball. It was wide open lane. I wasn't going to fall on it, so I decided just scoop and score. Nephi, all fall, we've we've heard about the inexperience, about the defense, and being able to just replace so many guys. How do you, how do you feel like uh, you guys did as a whole, especially going into a game where you know USC has already played two, and, and this is your first game? Uh, as a defense, I feel like we we played really well. Uh, as Devin said in his uh, interview, there were obviously some mental mistakes. Uh, we just got to clean those up, and then I personally, I feel like it would have been a way closer game than one seemed like. Hey, Nephi, just what were the emotions of um, of finally getting out there and playing a game after the two cancellations at, after all these months of waiting? I was definitely, definitely emotional. You know, I was just grateful for the opportunity to go out with the family I have here and to go show what we, what we can do. Uh, obviously, it's not the outcome that we wanted, but we can build off of it, just watch the field and get back to it next week. In terms of what you guys showed tonight, are there building blocks you're seeing from this defense you guys can build on going forward? Yes, definitely. You know, this puts uh, – well, we had a lot of young guys play on our defense, so puts one game under, so they kind of know what the game's like. And then I guess for those who didn't really get to play last year and get to play this year, you know, uh, that experience you know helps a lot going into uh, the rest of the season. There's Nephi Sewell after the Utes lose to USC. Now here is – Linebacker, Devin Lloyd. Devin, it actually seemed like at times you guys were doing some really good things on defense. Uh, did, did it take some time shaking off the rest, or do you feel like you guys were in sync for a lot of the game? Um, I feel like we were in sync pretty much most of the game. Um, I, I'd say just uh, near the goal line, just uh, some mental mistakes. Um, but other than that, we were able to um, rally back and have a better second half of that first half for sure. Um, there was some mental mistakes, uh, especially near the goal line, and uh, that allowed you know big plays, uh, you know, and then just missing tackles. We gotta um, we gotta just uh, wrap up more tackling and keep good eyes. But it was just little things. Devin, obviously Nephi made a, a name for himself out there with all that he did. What would you uh, say about his performance as well as just what was your uh, overall um, evaluation of the defense tonight? Yeah, um, Nephi balled out, and uh, that comes as no surprise because you know I mean he balls out in practice every every week, and I mean he, you know I mean he he's done this consistently, so that came as no surprise. And then I was um, really happy with the way the defense played today. Um, 
I mean, especially with all the young guys that we had, all the guys who haven't started or played, um, I, was, I was really impressed with what they showed. And, you know, like I said um, earlier, there was a, a couple of little uh, mental mistakes that, especially first game of the season, you know, I mean, and guys, I mean, we only have two returning starters. So, I mean, there was going to be some mistakes made. But uh, more than anything, man, I was proud of how they played hard all four quarters. Uh, you know, um, I was just really proud of the defense today. Evan, usually uh, you guys are going up against, you know, more more simple type offenses and not really up against the uh, air raid. I mean, how, how much how much do, does that change what you guys do on defense when you have to go up against an offense like that? Yeah, I mean, there was a, their, their scheme wasn't too complex. Um, they, they were really talented. Um, so, you know, obviously they want to they, they trust their playmakers. Um, they trust throwing it to them wherever on the field. They trust the quarterback. So, um, you know, run-wise and pass game-wise, they, they weren't doing anything too complex to, to out-scheme us or um, out-think us. But, um, like I said, you know, when the play's there to be made, we just got to make plays. And, um, you know, sometimes we did that and sometimes we didn't. And, you know, they ended up with more points than us. Yeah, Devin, I just wanted to ask you, in terms of you guys finally getting on the field, what was your feeling just finally being able to get out there and play your first game? I mean, just just pumped up, ready, you know, excited. I mean, it's been, I think it was like 325 days or something like that that we haven't played. Um, so obviously we're pumped up and excited to get out there. Um, not the result we were expecting at all. Um, but the beautiful thing about it is it's football and we got another opportunity next week. And um, we got Monday to prepare. So uh, that's, you know, on our mind right now. Um, you just, just put this uh, in the past and I'm um, looking forward. There is Devin Lloyd. Now let's switch to the offensive side of the ball and let's hear from Jake Bentley. He did not get the start. Cam Rising won the job, got the start, but early in the second quarter he hurt, got hurt. Uh, shoulder, apparently. Kyle Winningham will talk about that in just a minute. Uh, Bentley came in and finished the game. Um, had his uh, pluses and minuses, took him down for the touchdown right before halftime that made it 24-17. He hit Puka, or hit Puka Nakua. Hit Samson Nakua over the middle. I got Puka on the mind. I don't know if you saw it, but he had a a great 65-yard catch and run for Washington. But he hit Samson Nakua over the middle and uh, got the touchdown there, but also got picked off on a deep ball and then on a Hail Mary at the end of the game. Here's Jake Bentley. Jake, it was a, a rough outing out there. Obviously, you guys have five turnovers. What what kind of led into just kind of the, the um, not being able to be on the same page out there today? Yeah, man, I think, uh, I think it just goes back to, to – just emphasizing them, you know, at practice, you know, we, you know, we did a great job at practice. Um, it's definitely something that we can fix. Um, and, and we're going to be committed to fixing it. And uh, cause it's something that, that we have to be better at if we expect to win games. And then that's as a group, um, everyone included. And, and just, you know, that's something that, you know, starting, starting tomorrow that we're going to get fixed. Jake, how, how difficult was it to come in there kind of cold off, off, off the bench, having not started trying to enter the game and get into a rhythm? I mean, it's always tough, especially, you know, it's kind of, you know, the opening drive after, you know, maybe the defense has been, you know, on there, already got their opening drive out of the way. So, but, you know, it's not an excuse at all. And I, I was fully prepared before the game to go out there and execute and um, took a little while to, to get going there um, as, as an offense and, uh, and something that, that we'll definitely look at, definitely look at for sure and, and, and get better at that. Jake, obviously COVID has, has uh, you know, derailed a lot of the last two weeks and, and just being able to kind of prepare with practice and different things that way. You know, what, what was it like to be able to go in, uh, you know, against the conference favorite or at least a perceived favorite 
knowing that that's your first game on little game prep? Man, we just looked at it as our, as our first game. You know, we thought our first game was going to be two weeks ago, and then it was last week, and then this was our first first game and our first opportunity to show uh, what we're all about. And, and, and unfortunately, we didn't do that tonight. And, um, you know, we talk about all the time that no matter who the opponent is, that we have to go execute Utah football. And uh, offense, defense did a great job. Defense did a great job. But offensively, um, we got to play better, and that starts with me. Um, and, and just keep it rolling from there. Jake, I, I know that you probably are, are, are not looking at a lot of the positives right now, but do you feel that that, that last drive of the, of the first half was a really positive note where you were able to get a rhythm going and the run game going? No doubt. No doubt. And, and that, I think that's the most frustrating thing is you look at the whole game and when we show flashes of, of what we could be on offense and, uh, and just to not be able to you know, do it over and over again the way we know we can um, is it, frustrating. Um, but, you know, positives and whatnot, we didn't win the game. And that's all that matters, really, at the end of the day. Um, you know, we'll look at the film and, and definitely, um, you know, learn from it. But we got to find a way to win that game. All right, there's the quarterback, Jake Bentley. Now here's the head coach, Kyle Whittingham. A disappointing game. Uh, there's a lot of positives in it, though. Uh, I thought our defense played really uh, – Scrappy, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, run defense appeared to be really solid. I don't know if they rushed for 100 yards. It was it was close. I haven't seen the st- statistics yet, but I thought our run defense was solid. Gave some things up in the pass game, but but uh, really had some pretty good performances by a lot of the guys that hadn't played much football for us, if any. And so uh, the thing didn't count on was not being as, as productive on offense. I, I Thought sure we'd be much more productive offensively. You got a veteran group. Um, you know, it's tough to win when you turn the ball over five times. Now, one of those turnovers was a Hail Mary at the end, but but still, uh, turning the ball over and, and only scoring 10 points offensively, it's tough to win in this league doing that. So we've got we've got to work it out for us there, and we've got to make improvements. Um, don't know anything about Cam Rising right now. Obviously, he didn't come back in the game, but, but uh, we'll know a lot more tomorrow about Cam. Uh, Jake came in, did some good things, uh, did some things that I'm you not, know, you know, a couple of throws I know I wish he had back, but, but uh, overall, uh, tough way to start the season, but we got to bounce back. Um, not sure who we're going to play next week. We'll find out shortly, but uh, we got a lot of pr- improvement that we can make and need to make between games one and two. But like I said, there's some encouraging things there. A lot of the young players, uh, Clark Phillips, although you know, we did miss some tackles defensively, but Clark Phillips, uh, Nate Ritchie, uh, Sione Fotu, Van Fillinger, X Carlton, you know, all those true freshmen that had a chance to play their first uh, collegiate football, I thought did some good things. And and uh, so that was positive. I thought our old line would take more control of the game than, than what happened. We didn't really push people around like, like I had hoped we were going to. Um, we didn't get the Got to get the ball to Brent Keithy more. Uh, Ty Jordan showed, showed some good things early, and then we kind of went away from him. Got to continue to feed him the ball. So there's there's a lot of things we learned as coaches tonight that we got to get better at as coaches, and that's where it starts. And uh, we got to do a better job of getting these guys prepared and do a better job of getting the ball in the hands of the playmakers and just do a better job overall. So we got our work cut out for us, but uh, we'll come back Monday with, with – uh, 
great attitude with the players and, and uh, have a great work week. And, you know, got to find out who our opponent is first, and we should know that uh, later tonight or tomorrow. But, uh, you know, life goes on. So we gotta we got to uh, continue to uh, work hard and get better. Questions? First question will come from Trevor Allen with KSL Sports, followed by Patrick Kinahan. Well, you you touched on it a little bit, but just going up against a really pass-heavy offense, how'd you feel your your really young uh, secondary did against you know a really pass-heavy offense? Not bad. You know, we made some plays. Um, had a nice interception there. Could have probably had one or two other ones. Uh, didn't really give up. Uh, you know, deep balls over the top, and it was J.T. Broughton, who's just a true sophomore, his first time. Uh, getting any real extensive play, and then Clark Phillips on the other corner. We played a lot of a uh, what we call a tribe package, a three safety, two corner rather than our typical nickel, uh, three corner, two safety. And the reason is uh, Drake London, that big receiver of theirs, is really kind of a hybrid. He's almost a, a tight end, and so we felt it was a better matchup to go with a three safety look, which made Nephi Sewell uh, a safety for all intent and purposes in the scheme in a lot. Uh, tonight for the majority of the game. But uh, that secondary will get better. They'll get better. And it was a big test. That's probably the best core of wide receivers in the Pac-12. And uh, I don't think we probably allowed somewhere around 350 yards would be my guess. And, and uh, like I said, less than 100 rushing and right around 250 throwing, which for uh, <laughs> you know a lot of guys that haven't played before, it's not bad, but, and, but we got to get better. I mean, there's, you know, Young, old doesn't matter. You know, nobody cares if you're young or old or inexperienced or experienced. You gotta, you gotta perform, and and so uh, we've gotta fix some issues that we got. Next question comes from Patrick Kenhan, followed by Josh Newman with the Salt Lake Tribune. Talk about how you felt the offensive line would take more control. And flip side of it was SC's defensive line better than what you expected. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, you know, we'd watch tape. We had two full games on them, and and I don't think they were uh, underestimated by any means, or or uh, you know, took us by surprise. Now, I don't want to take any credit away from them because they played well. They, they, their football team played well tonight. They made very few mistakes, and uh, they're you know, they're a lot of athletes, very athletic defense, and. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they, they did a nice job, but I thought I thought the matchup was going to be more in our favor. Than it was. Next question comes from Josh Newman, followed by Josh Furlong with KSL. Hey, Kyle, now that Cam has been, you know, he came out as the starter, can you give some insight into how you guys ultimately, ultimately landed on that? Yeah, uh, it was a tight race. But there was enough separation that we felt that it was uh, it was a unanimous unanimous decision uh, among the coaches that were involved and and uh, but again it was it was not a, a great deal of margin between the two and I think we saw Jake came in and, and did a nice job uh, you know Cam was a little more mobile uh, little has a little more escapability out of the pocket although Jake pulled that ball down. And, that's probably our longest run of the night, that uh, big run when he escaped. Of course, it was negated. Some of it was negated by a penalty there at the end. But, but uh, it was close, and we like them both. We like Drew, Drew Lisk, for that matter. But Cam had done a better job all throughout camp when all was said and done and all the numbers pointed that 
that way as well, as far as completion percentage and, and all the things that we track. And uh, that's why we made that decision. Now, you know, Jake is probably going to be the guy now. And Cam, you know, shoulder took a, took a pretty good shot. So we'll find out, uh, like I said, a lot more tomorrow. But, but uh, if Jake's the guy, then we'll rally behind him. Next question comes from Josh Furlong. Al, now that you've had a game under your belt, does this still feel like a regular season with the shortened season, or is it more? Does it feel kind of more like an exhibition season, helping your young guys kind of grow? Nothing feels regular right now. It's uh, having that stadium empty was bizarre. Um, it was something that uh, you just have to experience it and, and uh, to to understand it, and it was it was weird. But uh, no, this is not a a season where we're just uh, working on. You know, trying to get guys better for the future. We want to win now. I mean, we're competing now. We want to win now. Uh, realistically, it's probably going to take some time to, to get these guys all up to speed. We knew that going into the season. It was no surprise. And we lost a, a heck of a defensive unit. Nine guys off that defense. They're all in the National Football League. And that tells you how good that crew was. And, and uh, it was uh, uh, like starting over with the exception of a few guys. And, and uh, the guys that Got their opportunity tonight. Like I said, did some good things. They made some mistakes. We knew that was going to happen, but but there was a lot of positive things we can build on uh, on that on the defensive side of the ball. Next question will come from Trevor Allen, followed by Jake Hatch with the zone. Kyle, you you guys swap, uh, swapped in four four backs. Do you feel like they they had a a good night, or how would you evaluate your your running back performance? I think we you know we didn't run the ball as effectively as I thought we would. Um, we still did some decent things in the run and stayed committed to it and, you know, outrushed them, I, I would believe. But uh, all four of those guys bring something different to the table. Ty Jordan, I thought, gave us a little spark early on. And uh, I think it was a mistake on our part not to keep feeding him the ball throughout the game. We, we kind of backed off on that. Um, Mackay Bernard had some good runs. Devin Brumfield had some good runs. Jordan Wilmore had some good runs. So I think all four of them are going to continue to get uh, playing time. And, and uh, until one – uh, separates himself or a couple separate themselves. Uh, we'll just continue to use all four. And if we continue to use all four all season long and, and we're getting production out of them, that's fine too. So uh, it's just not going to be what we're used to the last three years with Zach Moss. And we don't have that lead featured back that's going to get uh, 30 carries a game. Yeah, Coach, I wanted to ask you, in terms of the environment, I know you guys prepared for this, not having fans in the stands and the like, but how different was it seeing it in a game versus what you expected preparing for it? Um, I don't know. how We didn't really prepare for it. We, we, I guess we could have gone. We had a couple of scrimmages over there, but scrimmages are a whole different environment, and, and uh, practice is, is practice, and, and game is a game. And so it was, uh, it was really weird, like I said, and, and during the breaks, you'd look around, and and uh, it's just something I guess nobody's ever experienced. I certainly have never experienced that. But but uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that was an impact on the game. Or you know, we certainly missed our home crowd. Our home crowd is awesome, and uh, that certainly provides us an advantage. But but that's not the reason why we didn't come out on top, and we just got to play better. There is Utah head coach Kyle Winningham. We're going to take a break. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.